Hi, I'm Dylan and I was raised white. But when I was 18, I found out that I'm actually mixed race and no one was more shocked than me. Or maybe I was the only one who was shocked? I don't know. But I do know that racism is alive and well and this is something I've experienced throughout my adult life from both sides. White people think I'm not white enough and black people think I'm not black enough. I just can't win. Anyway, since finding out my background, I've spent a lot of time figuring out who I am and what it means to be a person of color. You see, I just thought I was someone who was nicely tanned or a bit exotic. How am I supposed to fully embrace my blackness having never experienced that culture or upbringing? Am I a fraud? How do I properly acknowledge this side of me? Well, by embracing who I am and learning the history of the men and women who came before me. But so much of the past has been whitewashed and erased from the books, so there's so much I have yet to learn. Now I know y'all also need to learn some history and facts in light of what is happening in the world, and this is not the time for some white person to educate you. So I invite you to learn along with me, and hopefully that will be a little bit less awkward. Each week I'll tackle a topic, an event, or a person so you can get insight on the history of slavery, emancipation, confederacy, and this whole fight that has been happening for over 400 years. So pull up a chair, sit back, and learn about racism with and from someone who was never black enough. Episode 12, Kamala Harris. I keep thinking about that 25-year-old Indian woman, all of five feet tall, who gave birth to me at Kaiser Hospital in Oakland, California. On that day, she probably could have never imagined that I would be standing before you now and speaking these words. I accept your nomination for Vice President of the United States of America. So, some of these past episodes have been a bit of a downer while I've been mulling over the sadness and injustices that black people have faced for centuries. This week, I wanted to give a little break from that and to do some celebrating. Today, I'll talk about Kamala Harris, the first black woman to be elected district attorney in California history, the first woman to be California's attorney general, the first Indian American senator, and now the first black woman and first Asian American to be picked as a vice presidential running mate on a major party ticket next to Joe Biden. Now, plenty of people feel plenty of ways about her, and while they have more to say about Joe Biden, this is not a podcast that talks about old white men. They have their own stage, and their voices have been heard since the beginning of time. So, we're going to discuss Kamala, her achievements, her background, and show you why you should be on board with this. Did someone say Biden-Harris 2020? So Kamala Devi Harris was born on October 20th, 1964 in Oakland, California. She is one of two children born to Shamala Gopalan, who was a cancer researcher from India, and Donald Harris, who was an economist from Jamaica. Her mother was raised in India and finished her undergraduate degree at the University of Delhi when she was just 19 years old. Afterwards, she came to America to pursue a doctorate in endocrinology at UC Berkeley. She was meant to finish her degree and then go back to India for an arranged marriage. But she was bold and she had other plans. Shamala got involved in the American Civil Rights Movement, which is where she met Donald Harris. 
Donald was a Jamaican native who also came to America to get a doctorate degree at UC Berkeley, but in economics. They both bonded over their mutual passions and often took Kamala to protest when she was in a stroller. As I'm sure you can guess, they stayed in America, although they divorced when Kamala was just five years old. Her mother chose Kamala's name in respect to her Indian roots. Kamala is one of many Sanskrit words that means lotus and is another name for the Hindu goddess of wealth and good fortune, Lakshmi. Her middle name, Devi, is a Sanskrit word in the Hindi culture meaning goddess. Kamala's upbringing was very multicultural. She is quoted saying, I grew up with a strong Indian culture and I was raised in a black community. All my friends were black and we got together and cooked Indian food and painted henna on our hands and I never felt uncomfortable with my cultural background. Both her and her younger sister sang in the choir at a black Baptist church but also attended a Hindu temple with their mother. She spent much of her childhood in Canada where her mother was a professor and a breast cancer researcher. It was in Montreal that at age 13, Kamala and her sister Maya led a peaceful protest of sorts in front of the building where they lived. They were protesting a new policy banning children from playing on the front lawn. And they won. Kamala's first campaign was at Howard University while running to be the freshman class representative. She organized mentor programs for minority youth and was also active on Howard's debate team, which probably comes in handy while giving speeches or grilling old men who are guilty of sexual assault. She has said, The thing that Howard taught me is that you can do any collection of things and not one thing to the exclusion of the other. You could be homecoming queen and valedictorian. There are no false choices at Howard. After graduating from Howard University, Kamala went to California for law school at the University of California Hastings College of Law in San Francisco. It came as a surprise to her family when she decided to become a prosecutor instead of doing civil rights litigation, but after having witnessed how law enforcement treated underprivileged demographics, she wanted to make a change and protect the less fortunate. As a prosecutor, she had more power to inflict change within the criminal justice system because she could choose which crimes to focus on, whom to prosecute, and for whom to create rehabilitation programs in order to avoid prison sentences. She passed her bar exam in 1990 and then joined the Alameda County Prosecutor's Office in Oakland, California as an assistant district attorney focusing on sex crimes. In a 2016 New York Times interview, she said, when I was prosecuting child molestation cases, I will tell you, I was as close to a vigilante as you can get. She ran for San Francisco District Attorney in 2003 against Terrence Hallinan, who was her former boss. Her campaign slogan was, We're progressive like Terrence Hallinan, but we're competent like Terrence Hallinan is not. She was elected with a 56.5% of the vote. With this win, she not only became the first ever female district attorney in San Francisco, but also the first ever African-American district attorney in the state. As a DA, she continued going after abusers in the courtroom. Now, in addition to fighting in court for women and children, she also developed a program with the health department to encourage emergency room staff to spot evidence of sexual child abuse. She also co-founded the Coalition to End the Exploitation of Kids. She fought to strengthen laws on the sexual exploitation of minors while working to get the first safe house for children escaping the world of sex work. 
Kamala created the Back on Track program in 2005 in order to reduce recidivism, which is when convicted criminals commit repeat offenses, by offering nonviolent, low-level drug trafficking defendants the chance to have job training, life skill building, and other opportunities to avoid prison. After only two years, only 10% of program graduates reoffended, whereas the normal for drug offenders in California had been 53%. And to top it all off, the program is cheaper than prison. Imagine that, saving money and avoiding enslaving people. Wow. Kamala was very supportive of a 2010 law that made truancy a misdemeanor and punished parents who did not send their kids to school. While this was quite controversial, the truancy rate ultimately dropped. She took this work even further by focusing on truancy among elementary schoolers. You see, 94% of murder victims under age 25 in San Francisco were high school dropouts. High school dropouts are more likely to end up in jail or dead by age 35, and students who are continually absent in elementary school are more likely to drop out of high school. Therefore, Kamala worked on programs that helped parents increase their children's school attendance, basically by threatening criminal prosecution for parents. I mean, you gotta do it, you gotta do, right? And while some people might think this is harsh or punitive, think of the end game and the number of criminals and murders that are being prevented. During her second term as DA and considered a front runner being a woman of color and because she was running against some old white Republican guy, Kamala ran for California Attorney General. The race was neck and neck. The San Francisco Chronicle declared her opponent the winner and he even made a victory speech on election night. But three weeks later, after all the ballots were finally counted, Kamala had in fact won by 0.8 percentage points. What a comeback! When the state of California was offered $4 billion in a national mortgage settlement over the foreclosure crisis, Kamala was like, uh, no. And she went to battle for a bigger sum. She even refused to sign the bill. But her tenacity paid off and she secured $20 billion for homeowners in California. Go, Kamala, go. She also created an online platform called Open Justice in order to make criminal justice data available to the public. This improved the accountability of police officers because it reported how many deaths and injuries occurred among those in police custody. Perhaps some of her best work happened in 2017 when she questioned the Attorney General Jeff Sessions on the Russia investigation. She practically broke him down in under four minutes. She displayed similar skills when questioning Brett Kavanaugh during his Supreme Court confirmation hearings in 2018 because she's a badass. She was a prosecutor after all. I do just want to take a moment here to bring up my wonderful Southern uncle again because just the other day, and I kid you not, I can't make this stuff up, he shared a meme that said, let's not forget that Kamala Harris tried to ruin Brett Kavanaugh's life. I don't know what kind of Christian person can possibly say that or feel that way. If a man is known to have sexually assaulted someone and you're more worried about his life being ruined, you need to go back to church. Not even God can save you. But anyways, aside from all the barriers she's faced and the glass ceilings that she's shattered and continues to shatter, she's just a normal gal. 
She collects Converse shoes, which are her go-to travel shoes. She's an avid cook who reads recipes to relax and calm down. She wakes up early every day to exercise and believes in eating well, not for the sake of size or shape, but for mental health. And even though she's busy AF and could probably even teach Beyonce a thing or two about productivity, she still makes it a priority to mentor young women, something her mother always cared about so much with her students. One example is Iana Smith, who met Kamala as a high school student in San Francisco and subsequently was mentored by Harris, who helped her with college essays, internships, and support. She says, I was part of College Track, a program that provides students from disadvantaged backgrounds an opportunity to go to school. I gave a speech, and during it, I mentioned my desire to go to Howard. Afterward, Ms. Harris came up to me and told me it was her alma mater, and she said she wanted to help. It's just incredible that someone who is so busy and has so much responsibility has been so involved. So if there's anyone in any political campaign that can stand up for women's rights and minorities' rights, I think it's her. If there's anyone who has the balls to stand up to old white men in politics, it's her. And, God forbid, if anything happened to a president where the VP had to step up to the plate, you bet your cojones she's the one for the job. If elected in November, she will be the first woman, first African-American, and first Asian-American vice president in the history of the United States. Don't you want to be a part of that? So, I'll ask you again. Are you registered to vote? For the people in the back row. Are you registered to vote? Go to vote.org or just do a quick Google search on your state to make sure you are. There is no excuse, people. None. Get out there and make a difference. We can do this. And years from now, this moment will have passed. And our children and our grandchildren will look in our eyes. And they're going to ask us, where were you when the stakes were so high? They will ask us, what was it like? And we will tell them. We will tell them not just how we felt, we will tell them what we did.